Welcome to the Production First Mindset, a podcast where we discuss the world of building code from the lab all the way to production. We explore the tactics, methodologies, and metrics used to drive real customer value by the engineering leaders actually doing it. I'm your host, Liran Chemovic, CTO and co-founder of Frugal. Hi everyone, today we'll be discussing how production-first engineering meets developer communities and open source. Let me introduce you to our guest, Ido Shamoun, the CTO and co-founder of Daily Dev, the really cool place for all your developer news. Thank you for joining us today and welcome to the show. Hey Liran, thank you for having me and hi everyone, I'm so excited to be here. So Ido, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so obviously my name is Ido, I'm from Daily Dev, I'm 29 years old, I live in Israel, and yeah, I've been doing like software developer for over 10 years since high school, um, approximately, built all sorts of stuff, started from C language, and now I'm doing more, mostly uh, web development, JavaScript, even DevOps uh, sometimes, yeah, and that's me. Awesome. So we've known each other for quite some time, and I actually happened to know that the founding of Daily Dev was a bit of an accident. I remember you were working on something entirely else, and all of a sudden Daily Dev came up. So can you share the story of how that came about? Yeah, actually, as, as you mentioned, Daily Dev's story is, is like a surprise, like really by mistake. Um, we started Daily Dev as a side project in our previous company, me and my other two founders, Tzachi and Imrod. And we started it due to a really big need that we had in the R&D team. Um, and it is to catch up with all the latest trends that happens in the development world. So we rolled out the first version of collecting all the articles around the web and ranking them, etc. in one place. And we started to see engagement and people starting to download and talking about it in social media. Someone even hunted us on Product Hunt. <laughs> we, we just suddenly saw a massive spike in the analytics from Product Hunt. Yeah, and, and once, once we saw this is something that's getting bigger and bigger, we decided to go full-time on it and found the company. And yeah, this is the story. And now we are over like 1,000 1, 100,000 weekly active users already using us. That's huge. I mean, going over 100,000 users. I can't imagine the excitement on the, of those early days when that product you were just launching and kind of experimenting with in production mm-hmm. was suddenly seeing traction on social network. So kind of, what was it like first seeing people interested in what you were building? So, so back in the time we worked on a really B2B product, you know, with very few customers, um, and suddenly working on a B2C or even B2D business to developers product and seeing, you know, the faces of the people you uh, use your product and seeing all the feedback online, it was like such an adrenaline, adrenaline rush for us. You know, it pumps you with motivation and you, we worked on it, you know, three times. So you just want to work and bring more values to the to the community and to see the, the feedback circle tightens. Mm-hmm. So great to see. You've also mentioned you focused on ranking the developer news. Yeah. So how do you go about that? 
How do you rank news from so many sources about so many different technologies? Mm -hmm. So we have two strategies for ranking the, um, the articles. It's something that we developed over time. So one strategy or one way is to see the feedback the article got in the outer world, not in our community. Um, for example, if it's medium, so it can be the claps the article received or the likes on, on Twitter. Um, we call this outbound signals um, of the article. And then we have the inbound signals, which are the community engagement inside daily dev platform. And it is how many upvotes and views and, and how fresh is the article. So we take everything combined along with the user preferences, your favorite tags and whatnot. And we rank your feed according to your personalized uh, preferences. So essentially you kind of normalize all the pieces of data and build a score for each, a tailored score for each article for each user. Then you sort the news feed using that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the problem is that you have so many blogs. You, you know it as a developer. You have to go like over hundreds of them. And, you know, what to read first, what to read last. Do you even remember to check it? So we kind of solve it everything for you and do it in one place. How do you keep track of that? I mean, how many blogs and data sources are you currently scanning? Um, currently, we are scanning 400 sources, um, roughly. Um, wow. And Yeah. And we keep, like, the community can ask for more sources. The community can ask for more sources. And then we, we have a review in place. Um, this is one of the last manual things we do currently. Most of it is automated. Um, yeah, so it's hundreds, if not thousands, of posts every day that mm -hmm. we, we scan. We do NLP. We do a lot of processing on these posts to understand the uh, nature. And if I were to post a blog post on a Hacker News, for example, then you would follow that link and essentially index my post regardless of where it is being hosted. If it's hosted on the rookout.com site or anywhere else, you would go and scan it and add it into your repository. Yeah, exactly. As long as it got enough uh, engagement on Hacker News, for example. That sounds like a huge challenge, curating developer news across all of those in, uh, data sources. How do you do it from a technical perspective? How do you utilize technology to make it easier, to make it better? I think the main point to understand is that right now we have a small team. Uh, we have three people, only the founders. I'm the only developer. So my, you know, my highest priority is to not maintain and to not do any operation manually um, because otherwise... Uh, I will not survive this scale. <laughs> yeah. It was like always, you know, shutting down the, the fires and looking at alerts and whatnot. So I tried to um, create the architecture in such way that one, everything is kind of visible, um, that I can always know what's going on inside the platform. And second, that everything is automated. Mm -hmm. We have auto balance and we have most most of the um, services and and workers behind the scene are, uh, are based on serverless functions or, or um, cloud run in case of uh, Google Cloud. So everything is managed for me, which I know 
some some people might not like it because of the vendor lock um, that everyone seems to be so afraid of. Um, but it's uh, you know it's a balance that I'm willing to take um, mm-hmm. due to the lack of uh, manpower. Mm-hmm. I think generally software tends to be cheaper than uh, man hours, uh, which are extremely expensive, especially today when hiring developers is so hard mm-hmm. and so expensive. I mean, how do you go about automating tasks? How do you know which next task to automate? How do you know how to figure out how to automate it and what trade-offs you have to make so that it, it can be automated? So the number one rule for me is how many hours I spend on doing this task manually. Usually I will not go first place with automating the task because sometimes it can take too long. Um, but if I see that there is this repetitive task that I keep doing and it keeps taking me hours of my week, for example, or even my day, so I know this is a good int. Okay, you need to automate it um, no matter what it takes. Um, and usually my other partners, they understand it as well. So we prioritize it mm-hmm. um, in the roadmap or whatever. Yeah. What cloud technologies are you using? We are using um, Google Cloud Platform along with Kubernetes for some tasks, uh, mostly like offline or web sockets and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then mostly cloud functions and cloud run. Mm-hmm. That's impressive. That's a lot of technologies. And you as a single developer are handling the scale of over 100,000 users. I mean, how do you keep track of that? I mean, I get automation, so you don't have to do so much stuff manually, but how do you understand what's going on at that scale? How do you know that uh, your users are getting the contents they want, that the system is up and running, that everything that has been automated is working properly? Hey, I live with the fear that always something is happening. Like I'm used to the fear right now that like, oh, maybe something is not going quite well and I don't have the right alert for it. So this is like one, one uh, you have to get used to it. Um, but second, of course, I have alerts. Like every time something happened, I try to set up a proper alert that it will not happen again without me knowing. I have um, distributed tracing built in in place. Um, I try, of course, it's not a perfect place, as I mentioned, not the perfect architecture, but I try, at least if I got burned, burned from this incident, I try to understand, okay, how can I prevent it from the next time? But it's tons of work, like not, uh, not mm-hmm. even close to be complete. Uh, Do you sometimes get complaints from the users, from the developers, as they're saying something is down, something is broken, the experience is not good enough? I mean, we all get it, kind of. How is it from your perspective, especially working with developers as users, as I'm personally very much familiar with? <laughs> they can be very criticizing about what's going on, why, and sometimes they feel like they can you know, do it better than you. Yeah, yeah. We, we have this kind of crit, uh, criticism. For example, in, in, our, in the beginning of Daily Dev, someone just uploaded an error message of our server and said, here is a good example of a production system that doesn't mask their uh, error. So this was one criticism that I remember very well. Of course, we um, fixed it right after we saw it. But most of the community is very supportive. We are also an open source project. So even sometimes when someone sees a bug, 
they um, submit a PR to fix it, or at least report it on GitHub, and then I try to motivate them to fix it um, and help them on the way. Yeah, but from my perspective, they are very supportive. But yeah, sometimes we get this feedback, oh, something doesn't work, please fix it or check it. How do you go about that? How do you kind of try to figure out what's wrong and what can be better? So first I go, I'm going to the logs to see which endpoints, like and um, sending back like 500 or I don't know, um, seeing if there is any error. Usually if there is an unexpected error, I get an email about it from Google Cloud. So I check it. But once I navigate in, the, the fact that I'm a single developer, I know all the system by hand, by heart. So it, it makes it super easy. I don't know how hard it would get once we will expand the team yeah. and it won't, it won't be only me. One of the fun things about being a single developer, especially on a fresh young project, is that you know everything, you know all the code, you wrote it yourself and you probably didn't write it all that long ago. It's not like that's a piece of code you wrote 10 years ago. It's a mm -hmm. piece of code you wrote just a couple of months ago. You still remember why you did it, how you did it. Uh, you're using kind of tech you're familiar with. So things tend to be much easier when it comes to troubleshooting because I know personally uh, quite often when I just see the bug report, I know, oh, damn, I know what I did wrong. Just by seeing the bug report, even before looking at the logs and the system, because you're so intimately familiar with everything around it. Exactly. This is exactly the same situation here. And yeah, I, I guess I'll have to, you know, share my knowledge once we expand the team. Mm-hmm. Now, you've mentioned you've decided to open source your entire tech stack. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's kind of a big decision. How did you make it? Our um, priority when we decided to go on this act and, and open sourcing our code was to create um, a transparent application in this, you know, all the data concerns that we have right now and all the privacy issues, we decided to go a bit differently because we are a B2C project and we are very much open for this kind of, you know, people that might say, oh, you're stealing data or you're doing that and doing that. So we decided to clear all these concerns, just open source everything we do and be as transparent as we can. And also... What I believe is that for developers that we see a lot of, you know, a lot of solutions, like very simplified solutions for tasks, but you don't often see a production system uh, with all this design and all the legacy and everything. Like, so we, we wanted to be an example use case for a production system that is also open source. And I try also to document our architectural decisions. Like why we, we chose A instead of B, etc. Mm -hmm. So we are trying to be as much as transparent, as open as we can. Hopefully we are doing it right. I don't know. How do you feel it impacted your engineering processes, the fact that you've open sourced the, the SaaS platform you're running? How is it different from before? So we are getting more more help from the community compared to me being um, a single developer. For example we had an issue with Safari on iOS. And unfortunately, I don't have right now iPhone. Mm -hmm. So someone from the community um, contributed to do this fix and, <laughs> and checked everything on his phone 
I helped him to get on board our code. Mm -hmm. And yeah, at the end, he managed to fix this bug. Um, well, I couldn't do it. You know, I, I needed to ask someone else to bring his iPhone for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it was pretty cool. And actually, we are trying, we, are, we, we have like two or three contributions every week um, in the last few weeks. Mm -hmm. It can be a small bug and it can be a, a decent feature. Mm -hmm. And people seem to really like it because they, they feel they impacted a lot of developers. Mm. Two to three fixes a week. I mean, two to three contributions a week. That's awesome. That's, that's a lot of value you're getting from the community on the engineering side of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And we're trying to, to pump it even more and to bring more people to contribute. We get a lot of feedback that people learn a lot. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so we are trying to, you know, to grow it. Mm -hmm. What future challenges lies ahead? Where do you see the future of Daily Dev? Our future is to expand the platform even farther. Right now we are on uh, 100,000. We want to reach the 1 million um, developers in, let's say, one year or mm -hmm. so. So it's all, all about scale, you know, how to do it right, um, how to make it work as fast as we are doing it today, but for um, 10x um, people, mm -hmm. 10x devs. How to correlate content in scale, like, you know, now it's 400 sources, but we bring more developers, they would like to get more content from different domains as well. So how we balance this marketplace of posts mm -hmm. and users. Yeah, it's scale, scale issue. Scale, yeah. How do you think about new content? I mean, how do you think about going into new domains, maybe even going into multilingual content? How do you think of approaching those challenges? So multilanguages multi is something that we get asked very often. We have a very big French community on Daily Dev, so they keep asking for French content, um, for example, but we don't have enough the team is not big enough to support multi-language because we have to build you know, NLP algorithms for French and we have to test it and we have, we have to build you know, guidelines how, how, we, how we evaluate even manually mm -hmm. this content because we don't know to read French. So hopefully as we grow, we will have enough money to bring in um, people like content moderators who understand French and data science team that can do this NLP work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and it's a barrier for us at the moment. Um, it's a barrier for growing the community even farther. Well, barriers are meant to be broken. <laughs> exactly. All we need is money. Yeah, that's how the world goes around. <laughs> so, you know, before we finish, yeah. let me just ask you one final question, a question I ask all my guests. What single bug do you remember the most about your career? What single bug had the most impact? It's not really a bug. It's more of a production operation. Um, but before we had the domain daily.dev, um, we, we used dailynow.co. Um, and the day has come to change the domain. And I laid down the, um, the plan to do this change without downtime and to do it smoothly with no one to even know that we are doing it. And I had the plan perfectly laid out in front of me and then I started to to follow it uh, until I did some mistake in you know in configuring the IP of the load balancer and everything so the system went down for like one hour because it's DNS 
it's cached all over the all over the internet pipeline. <laughs> it's really hard, you know, to force an update um, when dealing with DNS. Um, and yeah, we got all these kinds of, you know, oh, you're down, do whatever you can to bring up. We, we want to read articles. And I was like, all sweaty for one hour. You know, you can't do anything until you solve it. So it's one, one singular moment in the life of, of our product that I will remember, um, I think, forever. <laughs> yeah. Well, if your product goes down, at least uh, people care enough about it to notice. Uh, that's also always good, especially when you're a young company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ido, thank you again for joining us. It was a pleasure to have you. Thank you very much, Liran, for hosting me. And thank you, everyone, for listening to us. Um, it was great. Awesome. Thanks again. And remember, for all your developer news in one place, check out Daily Dev. So that's a wrap on another episode of the Production First Mindset. Please remember to like, subscribe, and share this podcast. Let us know what you think of the show and reach out to me on LinkedIn or Twitter at Production First. Thanks again for joining us.